0: Okay. Hi. So um, my name is Amelia. I own Solutions by Amelia, and this is another podcast episode that we have. And continuing the conversation that I have been having with a few other nurses who have businesses is talking about nursing and business and how nurse and life and business, um, how those all those things intersect. And one topic that has kept coming up, um, and you'll probably catch this as a theme, is that there's sometimes there's a learning curve, not sometimes, oftentimes, you know, when there's a nurse entering into business, there's a learning curve. And in trying to um, get over this for myself, I go to business networking events. And I went to one business networking event, and this leads somewhere. Uh, We have a guest with me, she'll introduce herself shortly. Um, I went to a business networking event and I ran into a fellow nurse and she's a nurse practitioner. And I assumed, or made guesses in my head, and so I asked her, I was like, hey, so are you thinking about opening your own practice? Are you thinking about opening your own clinic? And she said, no, actually she wasn't. And it wasn't that she hadn't thought of it. It was the reason that she cited for her not opening her own practice or clinic was that she had seen other colleagues attempt to have their own practice or run their own practice, and she saw those practices fail, and she'd seen uh, business failures, so she associated starting a venture with failure. So that made her not want to even start. So in fact, she was at the networking event for completely unrelated um, business, which is fine. But I just thought that was super curious to me um, that her reason for not starting or not going down. Um, her reason for not starting or not going down that um, path was the failures of other people. So. With me today, I have someone who is so passionate about preventing um, nurse practitioner business failure. I have an expert and a guest in building strong uh, businesses and she specializes with uh, building businesses and practices and healthy practices for nurse practitioners. I have with me the expert of that field, of that industry, um, of that niche, if you wanna say, um, Barbara C. Phillips. So Barbara, if you would like to introduce yourself to the audience.
1: So, hey everyone. So, as Amelia said, I am really into having nurse practitioners be successful in business. In fact, all nurses being successful in business. And what um, led me down this path was in 2006, I was in a situation where I needed to start a practice because I could not get a job in my community. The physician I had been working for, unbeknownst to me, had been involved in some really shady stuff, and actually after I left that practice, was busted and in jail for about 17 years. But in the meantime, starting my own practice, I reached out to other colleagues through a listserv, because this is before the days of Facebook and Twitter and everything else, and Really didn't get any answers, but what happened was everybody started coming to me asking me for information about how to start a practice. And when it became too much to answer all the phone calls and the questions, I started a blog on this very topic and that blog has continued to be published all these years with uh, new information about starting businesses. And I wasn't the first nurse practitioner to start a practice. But I I believe I was the first to actually start talking about it on a national basis and certainly online. And I, too, have seen many practices fail. In fact, I had a very close friend whose practice failed not from... Lack of planning, if you will, but it was incomplete planning and it was doing too much too soon without really having the support that she needed to have in place. And when I see practices fail, that's what happens. They're, they're not, um, they may get the wrong vendor, such as I did, we came close to thinking about having to shut down because the billing just wasn't going through because I had hired a billing company that was really very important what they were doing. Um, and once I actually took that billing in-house and actually did it myself in the very beginning, um, things turned around. And so we were able to keep our heads above ground and actually grow quite a bit. So, you know, you have to be prepared for any business it doesn't matter whether it's a practice or any other business you've got to do the good planning and you know my bottom line is the more of us that are successful the more of us that are successful I mean nurses nurse practitioners other advanced practice nurses we have so much to offer and there's no reason why we can't do it in business
0: agreed agreed and um because of how healthcare is shifting and what's happening with primary care, I feel and you feel this way too that nurse practitioners being successful in uh, having a healthy practices a healthy practice that's their, our need for them to be successful. Um, I feel as though that's more than just a happy idea. You know what I'm saying? I, I I want I don't want to say I feel like the health of the nation depends on their success. <laughs> But I feel as though, you know, um, nurse practitioners having a wonderful, fine, healthy foundation going in um, is super, super duper important. So tell me more about, um, let's talk tactics and suggestions and things Uh that people can do. Like if you came across a nurse who is thinking about going into business. Actually, I'm gonna ask you about two different scenarios. A nurse who's thinking about going into business, um, how far out would you recommend that she start planning, that she start taking a look at billing or start taking a look at vendors? Or or should she even do that? Say she's two years out from going into business. So Mm -hmm. say somehow she was able to foresee a need, Mm -hmm. I don't know. You found yourself in in a situation all of a sudden. But say she somehow mysteriously found herself with advanced knowledge that in two years she wants to do this. What suggestion, what advice would you give her two years out and then maybe one year out?
1: Okay. So, you know, this is actually a question that comes up because I get a lot of new grads that want to look at business. So I want to take it from there. First of all, if you're a brand new graduate out of a nurse practitioner program, I don't think you should be focused on starting a practice. I do think you should be focused on getting good, strong uh, clinical skills. Get your, your NP legs really, really strong. And while you are doing that, observe everything that you possibly can about the practice that you're in. See if you can get a glimpse into the back office. Sometimes that's possible, sometimes that's not possible. But you want to pay attention to what is going on. Pay attention to the kinds of visits that you're doing. Pay attention to your documentation and your coding. Um, And every nurse practitioner should be coding their own visits and be documenting, of course, to that level of of service. And if you don't know coding um, and documentation skills, if they need some work, you want to get those really solid because that can drive your revenue. But of course, you're going to be doing it in a way that is, you're actually giving that level of service. You're not just documenting something. So I would, I would say that that's one of the first things to start with. Start watching and paying attention to how the business is run. You know, how are, are people really asking for money? That's something that we as as nurses, or at least in my generation of nursing, I never had to ask a patient about money. In fact, I was so indignant that we even had to charge for a Band-Aid in the hospital. You know, all those little charge stickers that used to end up on your scrubs or in the in the bin. You know, they just never made it to the charge card. And, you know, but that is part of running a business. And so... Really start looking around you. Observe everything you can. Start taking a few courses. You know, the Small Business Administration offers a few courses. Your community college may offer a few courses. Really figure out what direction you wanna go. And I'm not saying that you can't change later on, but so often what happens is somebody will say they're a family nurse practitioner. Well, as a family nurse practitioner, our scope of practice really starts prenatal and goes all the way up to death. And so I may see, I don't take, I used to never take care of prenatal women, but I may see them and say, okay, you're pregnant. Let me send you over here. But in the meantime, still doing their primary care. And then of course we see the children on up. But you know what? That's not your target market. So you really need to figure out it is that you are planning on serving and start studying that population. And I would say when you're a couple of years out, if you start watching and observing and seeing what is happening out there in the field, that gives you a whole different perspective than just jumping in with two feet and trying to figure it out as you go. Um, A year out, I would say the same thing. I don't think it takes two years to plan a business and a year to plan a business. It can be done very quickly. But if you've got that background, it certainly sets you up for starting to figure out what it is that you're going to do. And as you get closer to actually starting that business, you know, I'd start reaching out. To different mentors and different people, so that you can start learning what are all the little nuances that go into having a practice.
0: Awesome! Thank you so much. So let's talk about that. So we talked about you know maybe two years out, one years out, things people can think about. Let's talk about overnight business. Say there's a nurse practitioner. She's been thinking about starting a business. She's been in. She's been a nurse practitioner for some years. Uh, she has her legs. Long story short, one of these other nurse practitioners who's going out of business comes up to her and say, hey, you know, we're close. You know, I'm thinking about going out of business. Do you want to buy my practice? As that nurse is faced with that opportunity overnight business, you said it could happen quickly. Tell me what are some considerations or what are some things that you would tell that nurse who's presented with the opportunity to buy a practice overnight?
1: Well, anytime you're offered a practice... It doesn't matter whether it's overnight or you're going to do it in six months. The the first thing that I would want to know, especially if this person is saying, "Well, I'm going to I'm going out of business. Do you want to buy my practice?" Well, why is that person going out of business? First of all, you know what's going on in that particular business. I strongly suggest that you look very carefully at the books. You know, what's the revenue coming in? What's going out? What kind of overhead do they have? What is their AR looking like? And actually even consider having a CPA look at that with you to see if there's, you know, some funny stuff going on. You just really want to have a good idea of what's been going on so that you know what's going to happen going forward because you don't want to buy somebody else's problems. And, you know, unless it's something that, you know, you can get at a bargain and you know how to fix the problem. You know, if it's a billing issue, are you capable of fixing that billing issue? Or is it something else going on? Has somebody been embezzling money? You really need to look behind the scenes before you buy any practice. You know, regardless if you're going to do this. Well, I wouldn't do it overnight. I just wouldn't do it overnight without having seriously looked at what is going on behind the scenes.
0: So um, I have a question that if you don't mind me asking, and this is maybe an unexpected question, but a couple of times you had mentioned, not a couple of times, well, we're talking about business. So key to business mm-hmm. is revenue and coding correctly and documenting correctly. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned a near, uh, a very close experience, uh, risky experience that you had with, uh, choosing a wrong vendor or not the wrong mm-hmm. vendor, but choosing a vendor that turned out to be not so great choice right. so in hindsight and looking back um, I know they say hindsight is 2020 20. if you were to recommend to someone else who is looking at um, billing or looking at vendors or choosing vendors or is vetting a vendors maybe I should say that they're vetting vendors there's a few vendors that they're taking a look at Um, What are some things that they should ask about? What are some questions that they should ask the vendors that they're evaluating?
1: Well, for a a billing company or for actually for any billing individual, you certainly want to know what kind of experience they have. Um, You want to know if they are familiar with your type of a practice. So, in, not so much anymore, but it used to be that um, billing companies, billing individuals, didn't really understand how to bill for nurse practitioner services. And if they did understood it, they understood it from a pers- uh, physician perspective where they tend to call us non-physician providers and they want to bill everything incident too, which is not anything any nurse practitioner should ever get involved in if at all possible and certainly not in your own business. That would be fraud. But, um, you know, looking at how long they've been in business, how do they they handle situations on the back end? And I will tell you, these are questions that I asked this entire time. And I talked to different practices. I must talk to about a, a dozen practices from the East Coast all the way into Hawaii before I hired on this billing company, the first billing company I hired. And... What I didn't think about doing was seeing what the problems were. It never occurred to me to put into a Google search problems in the name of the company. You know, billing problems in the name of the company, something like that. And because all of my the references, all the questions that I asked those were all, everything was very positive. So I felt comfortable when I signed on that dotted line. What I didn't know was, one, this company was outsourcing the billing from, the company was in New Jersey. They were outsourcing to Pakistan. And and while that's a very common thing for people to outsource to the Philippines or to India and even to Pakistan these days, and then it wasn't all that common. And I had really no way of talking to the people who were actually doing the billing to find out why they weren't billing, because that was the problem. And when I finally did get to talk to them, the connection was so horribly staticky. And they couldn't really understand me and I couldn't really understand them. So I would want to know if I'm outsourcing my billing uh, to a company, where is it going? Who is my contact person? How often do I get to contact them? What kind of reports am I going to get from you? And will somebody help me understand those reports if I don't know how to to interpret them because in the beginning, I didn't even know what an AR was, you know, and that's accounts receivable, but I didn't understand what the implications of what I was looking at was. So, you know, I think we need to know all of those different things. And if we hire somebody in house, you know, you also want to know what is their experience can they give me some references? How have they done this before? What have they done in this situation? How do they follow up on a bill or a claim that hasn't been paid? Because sometimes what was what happens in some cases, and I've heard so many horror stories, um, sometimes billers will put claims in drawers and just forget about them. Um, I actually had one company for I mean, I only had them for a couple of weeks because I was on top of it this time. But I had one company, anytime there was a denial, they would just write it off. Totally write it off. Not work the claim, not find out why it was being denied, not resubmitting the claim, nothing. They were just writing it off as a loss, which is wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Totally wrong. So we just have to be so, so careful about all of that. And I think it's really important that if you're going to do a practice, even if you don't do your own billing, that you understand the billing process and you understand what these denial codes are and that you understand how to look at your AR and how it should be worked and, what, and all of those kinds of things. It's crucial because nobody, absolutely nobody is going to pay attention to your money or care about your money like you do. Mm-hmm.
0: And maybe you, Barbara. <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons why I, you stand out on our radar as um, somebody, as you can tell, anyone who's listening, how much you care about um, nurses and having a successful business. And uh, not only is it because of your personal, you you know, you are a nurse and nurse practitioner and um, you have a private practice. And, you know, you've also have worked with so many uh, nurses and business and have helped shore up and help support nurses in various aspects of their business journey. So, say somebody is listening to this and um, something strikes a chord with them, and they said, "You know, from everything that I've listened to, I need know I need to pay attention to my money. I know I need to pay attention to my revenue. I know I need to pay attention to my billing." what would you suggest that they do to start to learn how to do that? Um, Say themselves, say they want to have like a better idea of billing of best practices before they outsource it to someone else, or say they want to learn how to outsource that task in a better way, or say they want to learn how to, like I said, either do it themselves more efficiently. What advice would you give them?
1: Well, you know, first of all, if you're um, not yet in your own practice. I would I would start getting familiar with how the billing is being done, if you can. Now, again, not all businesses will allow you to have access to that information. But if you can, find out what, um, which ones of your claims are being denied, which ones are needing follow-up. Uh, sometimes if you're in a larger organization, um, you know, the coder or the biller will come to you and say, I need the documentation for this chart to submit with this claim. And just start querying and and questioning them. What's, What's going on? What's the problem here? It's a little bit difficult to see what the revenue is coming in if you don't own the practice, but you can certainly track what you're doing so that you can get some ideas. I would make sure, first of all, that you understand the coding of your chart and what the, the levels of visits are, because that's going to be key. That will definitely drive your revenue. What's what's required and what isn't. And, and if you have a good handle on that and you really want to see how the billing is done, there's really not, and, and this was a problem, there's not a lot of places that you can go learn how to do that without taking an actual medical billing course that may last you months. Um, and that was why, you know, to plug my own course here, we developed um, a course that is, focused on billing. It has documentation and it it has coding and it also talks about the modifiers and those kinds of things. But it also walks you through what the CMS 1500 looks like, what the information that you need, what kind of stuff you need to have in place when you go in bill. And then when you get those bills back or the, excuse me, when you get your Uh, remittance advice or an EOB, explanation of benefits. Some companies will send one or the other. Then you can take a look at it and how do you decipher that? How do you know what they've paid, what they haven't paid, what they are seeing as patient responsibility, what are the denial codes, you know, and and some of the other things you need to look at because sometimes... You will have, your contract may say, oh, I'm going to get $100 for this. And then all of a sudden you're saying that they've only paid you, you know, $43.26. Why is that? You need to know how to read those kinds of things. And then we also explain what the AR is and how it should be worked. And how to collect your money up front, because that's the best time you're going to get it.
0: Thank you so much. Um, No, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I don't know what else to say. I feel like you of course, just scratch the surface of this topic. You have an entire course that they'll, that goes deeper, it's a deeper dive. If you're a nurse practitioner or if you're thinking about it or feel, you know, personally, I feel like if you're practicing at that level, it would be of benefit <laughs> for you to have this information, whether or not you're going to open your practice or not. Um, that's just how I feel. But I want you to close um, in closing, can you tell me a little bit about, there's a topic that keeps coming up and I didn't tell you this in advance, but everyone wants to know about marketing tips and marketing suggestions and especially people who just opened their practice. What are like the top two or three um, marketing suggestions or tips or strategies? I know all practices are different, but in your talking with a variety of nurse practitioners and mm-hmm. a variety of different, you know, um, serious, serious, Um areas of business, what are some of the top um, two or three marketing strategies that you have found to be successful?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. In fact, that question came up just this morning in the NP business group. And it's a a question that I've addressed both on the YouTube channel and on, uh, I did a Facebook live on it. So there are several things that you can do before you even get to the point of having to pay for your marketing because at some point you do need to figure that you're going to have to have a budget for marketing but to begin with one of the first things that i would tell you to do is go to the local business um, search engine so Google forward slash I think it's local business or Google my business something like that I would do the same thing for Yahoo the same thing for Bing and I would put my get an account and put my information in there now they're going to want to verify your account and, and that's fine but what happens particularly on Google when you do that it, when you do a Google search for something particular keywords usually there's a map That comes up at the top of the page and by doing this you get on that map and so you're going to be one of the first practices that are listed so that's what I did Uh, it's not something I knew about earlier but it's something that I did with my my current practice I put it on there I also put it on a Yelp Page. I got a business Yelp account. These are free. And so now all of this stuff and now my website also comes up on the first page of Google. And I will tell you, most people today are searching for healthcare providers on their mobile devices. And so that's a place to start. I would have a Facebook page. I would have business accounts on other social media. The biggest thing that you can do obviously is something that takes a little time to build up when you're just starting out and that's gonna be word of mouth. But in the meantime, if you're opening say a primary care practice, one of the things that I always found effective was calling practices in my area and talking to the receptionist. And I would call the practices that were no longer taking new patients. And I would tell them, you know, I just wanted to let you know, because I know you're no longer taking patients, that, you know, we're over here and we are accepting new patients. Because the people who answer the telephone at the front desk of any practice, they want to be helpful, right? And so instead of saying, I'm sorry, no, we're not taking patients, click, They can now say, no, we're not taking patients. However, this practice is taking new patients. You might wanna give them a call. So they've done something that's a little bit helpful. So I would definitely call practices that are close to new patients. I would call um, and, and let the people know at the local emergency room and the local urgent care because they often see people that do not have primary care providers. I'd let hospital just church planners know. I'd let people in the community, social service agencies and the like know that um, that we're taking new patients. So that's where I would start out if I was going to do this with absolutely no money.
0: And how would someone find out what practices are no longer taking new patients?
1: Well, you know, you, can, you should be doing a little bit of market research when you're starting your practice anyway in your community. That should be one of the first things that you're doing. How many practices are in your community? How many of them are providing services that you're providing? And if you can, call these practices or get somebody to be um, your secret shopper, if you will, and have them call the practices and find out, can, you know, are they accepting new patients? And if they are, how far out are those appointments? You know, that kind of thing.
0: Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for all of your wisdom that you shared. Um, again, to recap, it will include the links to your YouTube video, um, or not your YouTube channel. And I'm going to ask, I'll request the link to your Facebook video that you had referenced, um, as well as your other links to the insurance and the billing class. And if anyone's listening has, needs help or support around, um, claiming their social media profiles or uh, listing their social media profiles or claiming their accounts on any of the review sites. There's so many physician and um, nurse practitioner and healthcare provider review sites out there. Mm. If you need support around that, I'm happy to have a free conversation with you, um, with how you can go about claiming your um, property that you have out there. So thank you so much, Barbara, for sharing your wisdom with us. And we'll have the information with how people can keep in contact with you. But also, can you tell me uh, your blog and how you can best be found online?
1: So my blog, thank you, is at npbusiness.org. And um, our Um, And it'll link to all of our other sites and as well as our social media accounts. But I can most easily be found on Facebook. Our Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash nurse practitioner business.
0: All right. Perfect. Thank you so much. Take care.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye now.